listening to the Community Pulse Podcast. Welcome your host, Mary Thangval, Jason Hand, PJ Haggerty, and Wesley Faulkner. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the year-end episode, the final episode of 2023 for Community Pulse. Great year's worth of episodes, everybody. It was awesome fun. Here. There were so many good things. I think, uh, you know, we had a few, di- we tried, we actually tried a few different things this year. We had uh, two uh, DevRelCon episodes that were that were recorded live on the floor of DevRelCon. We had two episodes that were recorded live at Link uh, by Pluralsight, uh, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it was kind of like, you know, hey, we're out and about and like, let's, let's show that it was maybe a, a shedding of the, the post-COVID skin per se, like we were finally back to a, a certain form of normal for whatever that means. So it's kind of exciting. And we actually like had a huge range of, of topics because I think so much changed in DevRel post 2021. Uh, so 2022 and 23, 23 have been really kind of turbulent years. Um, and I think that we saw that we addressed it. Uh, we didn't fix anything, but you know, we, we tried to at least get the information out there. So I, I feel like good years worth of, worth of, uh, hot takes and, 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 and sipped tea and what have you, whatever. It felt like a documentary. Like we were like behind the scenes of what was going <laughs> yeah. on the whole time. Well, and I think that's, that's a good a way to say how we picked our topics this year too, right? Was like, what are we hearing about? What are we struggling with? What's going on that we're frustrated by, right? Let's, let's talk about that. Um, and so it was a cool way to, I don't know, highlight, like you said, Wesley, kind of the behind the scenes of what's going on, what are we seeing? How do we really highlight those those issues that we're noticing? Um, and in addition to the two DevRelCon kind of mini interviews that we did, we recorded two of them at, uh, I'm going to forget the name of the conference. Link, Link plural site. Plural Thank site. you. Yes, as well, which was a great Yes, at, at the final ever link by Plural Site. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's just go ahead, go ahead. Jim. Well, I was just going to say for 2023, um, there's been obviously a lot. In fact, I feel like in general, when we look back on this year and like the history of DevRel, this one's going to be sort of a, a, a very memorable one for a lot of people. Uh, everybody on this call, included, has been through some really weird stuff uh, <laughs> it, this year, both personally and and uh, within our industry. So. Um, the, the looking back through the episodes that we had this year, I think it's pretty reflective of some of the things that were happening at the time for, for a lot of us. I know for me, there's the suddenly unemployed, which was of course, when I was laid off in uh, early part of the year. And then the things about AI, obviously chat GPT has really, um, stirred some conversations within DevRel and community builders. Um, so it, it was a really just yeah, dramatic year, I guess. DevRel got dramatic this year. And well, um I, I think I think too, like even some of the other episodes, like, you know, who are the ops behind the DevRel curtain, like kind of peeling layers back and, and really looking at what is going on deep down in DevRel. And I think that one of the most important episodes we had is how we broke DevRel as an industry. This was a really frank talk about the fact that this is, you know, and, and Wesley even addressed this in his keynote at DevRelCon. This is an evolving industry. It is changing. We can't continue to do the same things constantly and expect to have success. And yet most people who do DevRel are doing their best to continue to just kind of like, let's keep the momentum. I've got this momentum. We're just going to keep doing blog posts and talks, blog posts and talks. 
that's that's how we find success and that's not going to be the way that it works um we are no longer a lifestyle industry job we need to break that perspective and i think that perspectives was a lot of what we were working to talk about um whether it was you know that awesome devrel hot takes with uh with sj love sj great episode that was so much fun to do but even you know, the the thoughts of speaking to people from devrelcon what they had to say speaking to people about being unemployed and and change and everything i mean like there's 10 solid episodes of stuff's getting kind of crazy let's see if we can figure out what's right and what's wrong and how we can fix it um and and again we're not trying to give any prescriptive advice here we're just trying to make you aware of the fact that there's issues and there's a lot of issues and things are changing very rapidly um and i think that people need to be aware of that and i think we've done a good job of kind of like trying to spread that news you said we're not gonna get we're not trying to give advice but i think that kicks off to our first highlight of the review this year which is devrel advice which is episode number 75 um i think that's one thing that I think from the theme of all of this is that uh, we all have to be adaptable. There's change that is going and understanding the framework and understanding the contours and really understanding how to uh, create a strategy, create uh, 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 KPIs, measurements, and all that stuff that goes around DevRel is very, very important. And being able to adapt that to not only industry outside, but if you uh, have a specific vertical that your company is addressing or a specific uh, customer base or type of developer that you're trying to address, that being able to adapt to that and be able to take some of the, what do you call it, first principle skills and kind of create a strategy is something that's extremely important. Yeah. And I think that needing to adapt quickly, needing to be flexible, needing to be uh Willing to try different things, willing to do different things, willing to experiment has been a lot of the year for a lot of us. Like it's been a chaotic year. It's been a, an exhausting year. It's been a good year overall, speaking for me personally. But like I was talking to someone the other day that this is the first year ever in my like leadership of DevRel teams time that I started and ended the year with the same goals. And like, we had to be flexible and add a couple other little things here and there, but that was a very weird thing for me to look back on and go, oh, that's literally the first time in my, what, 15 years of working in DevRel that I have started and ended the year with the same goals that we've known what we are going to do in Q4 in Q2, because, you know, we're building toward all of these things throughout the year. And then Q4 is let's wrap those things up and finish them and deliver what we've been creating throughout the year. If there's, you know, phases to the, the various projects. And so it's, from my perspective, it's been a really weird combination of, a lot of unexpected things, a lot of things not going as planned in the broader industry. And then also this stability of like, oh, no, we know what we're doing in Q3. We know what we're doing in Q4. And how do we how do we balance all of that? I, a thousand percent agree. And I, my hopes are that this is kind of, uh, those are symptoms. A lot of this like just, you know, uh, chaos of this year <clears throat> are really 
uh, signs of growth, you know, that we're going through this maturity thing phase with DevRel, where we're really starting to understand our processes and understand our value and also understand how we can measure that and, and report and communicate that up and what's important and what's not. I think um, a lot of that has, has been um, of, it's always been of focus, you know, it's not like that's not, not been there, but it's definitely becoming, I think, as the economy tightens up, uh, there's layoffs and all kinds of just stuff like that going on. It does, those types of conversations do tend to uh, come up a little bit and we've been able to, uh, or I think a lot of, um, a, a lot of DevRel has been able to spend more time and effort in that area. Uh, and show some success. So, you know, whether that's just showing the maturity uh, process that we're all going through as a, as an industry, uh, I'm hoping that that's, that's for the good, you know, that we're going, we're going through this process and it hurts. It's painful. It's like, you know, going to the gym, um, but we're all going to come out better on the other side. And, you know, maybe I'm just being end of year optimistic. I'm fresh off of vacation. So I'm a little bit less cynical than and, and nihilistic than I usually am. But Jason, uh, Jason's dewy eyed. Everything's <laughs> great. Everyone. Well, I, you know, we were just talking about you know, right before we got on the recording, um, how it's still tough out there. And, um, you know, people like yourself, PJ, still talking to some folks uh, about future roles and, uh, you're not the only one. And I can definitely empathize and sympathize with that. Um, very closely. And it, you know, still, still worries me, still bothers me, but I, I hope the best for everybody. And I think it's going to, I think we're all going to pull through and it's going to be fine. Things are going to start to turn a little bit here as we get into the early of next year. And, yeah, I, and a lot of that is because of what I saw in these episodes through the year, uh, ending right. with that culture survey. I think that really was nice uh, to talk about last month. Well, I, th I also think it's interesting to even go back to, to, you mentioned episode 77, suddenly unemployed. Um, and it's interesting to see like where, and if you combine that with the DevRel compensation and culture survey, um, the, it, it, it's an interesting kind of like uh, juxtaposition to put those two episodes together. We have a lot of people who, uh, who were looking for jobs, trying to find things the best they could. Uh, a lot of large scale organizations saying like, and you mentioned this, Jay, the economy. Oh, the economy is well. Actually, the economy is great. Um, in many places, the economy is great. So that's just BS. Uh, venture capital and rich CEO type talk. And I know because that's I know why I got laid off. Um, but like it's 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 this constant chaos. This this constant change. There's often a good thing. Often we have to kind of suffer through this to get to a better part of our industry, to get to a better place. Um, there has to be that evolution. And I think those two, again, episode 77, episode 84 in juxtaposition, you see that like they're really good points. Like, yes, there's a lot of people who are unemployed, but there's also a lot of people who are doing quite well. And there's lots of jobs out there. I also think that a lot of organizations are learning that maybe, and this is going to be a controversial opinion, but we all know uh, from our DevRelCon episodes that I am not short on controversial opinions. Um, maybe a lot of organizations. What, are what do you mean, PJ? What do you mean? I'll get to that in a second. You're never okay. country. I, I, oh, come on. Never country. I'm just a, just a chill guy. <laughs> uh, but no, I think a lot of organizations are realizing they don't actually need DevRel. And here's the controversial part. And that's okay. Um, this movement towards, oh, well, we're developer plus, or, oh, we have this one little project off to the side. We need an entire DevRel team of 80 people. Well, maybe you don't. Uh, maybe you don't at all. Maybe it's just, you know, you keep it a community thing and kind of juggle it as best you can. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of, a lot of different things that go into building a good DevRel program. One of them is having a purpose with developers, with the tech community and bringing out that technical aspect of it. And I think that's something that's one of the reasons it's causing a large scale unemployment and a large scale change issue is the fact that a lot of people realize like, okay, so I can hire these people, but some of them aren't technical and others aren't delivering to developers. And also I don't have a product that's developer focused developer plus or with a developer arm to it. Why am I doing this? And, and, that's kind of, that's kind of okay. That's kind of okay. Can I push back just a little bit? I just absolutely just push back. That's you said one statement that some com <laughs> you said some companies don't need DevRel. Uh, and I agree. I think yeah. That's a hot take, but I think some companies aren't ready for DevRel. Um, and I think that there's a certain maturity and there's a certain kind of definition that the company needs to make, both on the product side, culture side, and how the different components of the company work together. Um, so I think a lot of our majority companies, especially in this space, do need DevRel. I don't think that every company is ready for it. And so I just wanted to push back just a little bit on that statement. Speaking yeah, of hot takes. <laughs> I'll add to that. I, I think part of it is that not every company is ready for it. I think part of it is, and maybe it's plays into why they're not ready for it. They don't know why they need it, right? They don't know. They know that it's some valuable thing out there broadly, but like, how is it actually potentially impactful to us right now? And they aren't willing to play that long game. <clears throat> <clears throat> excuse me, of let's hire somebody, try a bunch of experiments, see what actually works, but give them the the time to play around and see what's going to happen and and figure it out in the long run, right? Like, I think there's a lot of places that just have this vague idea of DevRel is what's going to make us successful, and then they aren't willing to give that DevRel program the time and space and freedom to try the things that they need to try in order and to money. figure that out. And money. And um, money. I think yeah. I think a lot of companies honestly think, well, well, I've hired a developer advocate, a, a tech, whatever, uh, a, a DevRel practitioner. I've hired someone. We're good. It's like, no, like it actually, like you have to invest in things. You have to invest in, you know, places to put your information, places to put your content. You have to pay for those things. None of it's free. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to, you have to believe it or not. If, the, if you want a DevRel person who is going to speak at conferences, you kind of got to get them there. You kind of got to right. give them a place to stay while they're there. If you're right. not willing to understand that. And I think this is the problem is, is we're still at a stage and this is where a lot of slow change has been happening. We're still at a stage where people are saying, okay, so DevRel checklist item. We need it. And the noun thing, we need a DevRel. Okay, cool. Like, what is, you don't even know what that means. You don't, you don't even mean? know what that means. <laughs> yeah. and, and this is like with, you know, with my current situation, a lot of the, when I, when I talk to, especially smaller organizations, I say like, well, we're hiring a dev advocate. Cool. What do you think that job entails? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I can tell just from our initial conversation that you're, you're not getting this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and unfortunately that means I'll walk away from the job before I take a job where I know I'm going to be there six months and they're going to drop me because they don't understand what DevRel is. Mm -hmm. And that brings us to episode 81, defining your role before someone else does. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. so th there's a, a uh, I think it touches right on that is be able to understand that there are people who will hire you 
but not understand how to evaluate you, doesn't doesn't understand what you should do or what what needs to be done. And so mm-hmm. having that role uh, of being able to take charge of your destiny and the definition of your role is really, really important. Um, yeah. And also in terms of what you're saying, money, um, we're talking about support and there's other supports uh, like in episode 80, we're talked about um, who are the ops behind the DevRel uh, uh, curtain and like people who are making everything work that, that keeps uh, the things posted, keeps uh, schedules on point, measurements, uh, evaluations, charts, analytics, reporting, whatever. There's a lot that happens in DevRelOps, and I think that was also a really, really great episode. Just to touch a finer point of what you were saying, PJ. Yeah, and yeah. but that also adds adds in also to to what I was saying about you know when there's you know you hire one developer advocate, they're kind of running that op stuff themselves until you're you're a large enough organization to get someone who can handle it. But you have to understand that either way, you're going to be spending the money required to do do that ops work. You know. Yeah. It, yeah. And I think from my side, it, that's part of the reason why I love the take that the common room team did with the survey this year was it wasn't only the compensation, it was the culture side of it. Because we can look at compensation for a dev advocate or for a DevRel manager or all of those different things. But in reality, like someone could be paid the exact same amount and be doing a completely different job and have completely different expectations. And so I think a lot of that, you know, define your role starts in the the hiring process, in that interview process where we're responsible to interview the company just as much or more than they're interviewing us to see if it's a good fit. Absolutely. Uh, that That's exactly what just popped in my mind when, when Wesley first mentioned the defining your roles um, episode. Uh, and as someone who has recently been through and, and been through, you know, the rounds and rounds of uh, interviews and, and um, it's, it's, it's not easy, um, but you get through it. And part of the process is for sure, you have to put on that, that sort of cap of I'm interviewing this organization, you know, like, I know there's a lot of us who may feel like we can't, be too choosy on what as what's all out there. But I do think that uh, for your own, you know, health, uh, mental health and, and just well-being that we all understand that it has to be a good fit in both directions. And so the culture stuff is obviously very important. But also for me, when you go in and you're defining this role, especially if you're going to some, talk to someplace that's maybe new to DevRel, it's even more important to understand what are the expectations of this role um, even if they're just soft expectations or soft goals, what are they? Because in the current sort of world we're in, it is, I think, more important than ever to have some hard to find goals that are attainable, that are reportable, reportable um, because those are things that we do anyway. Um, it's not like it's not part of the job. It's just maybe we've gotten away with with being a little soft on how we track and and show uh, impact on some of those things, but it's not impossible. Um, so that is part of, that's some of my advice as you're out there interviewing is interview that company, make sure it's a great fit culturally, the financially and all that stuff that, that has to be there for you too. But make sure that you understand going into the job that you're not being set up for failure because you haven't been properly, um, you haven't both gone through the, the, the necessary steps of defining what is success, I guess. So uh, yeah. I'll, I'll shut up on that now, but that, that's super important to me, I think, and should be to everybody. No, you're you're absolutely right, and and, and that kind of goes into our, our episode eighty two, which is DevRel hot takes. Like I don't I don't. 
it's funny because we did that whole episode and we were like, okay, actually a lot of these aren't hot takes. A lot of these are common sense. And uh, what was it? Uh, SJ was giving us a certain amount of spicy peppers depending on, I don't, we, I don't think anything hit five peppers. It was like out of five peppers. But uh, I mean, like that's a hot take. Like, people don't understand that, like, especially with Devra, I feel more so than any other role I've ever had professionally. You are interviewing the company that you're going to work for. And, and here's here's my hot take. Here's my personal piece of advice on that. If you are interviewing with a small startup, say less than 100 people, and you are interviewing with the C-level, the founders, ask them what their exit strategy is. That'll tell you a lot about the company. They're going to inform you a lot more than if you say, like, what metrics are you hoping I provide? Oh, we're hoping you set something up. You know, they give you some kind of wishy-washy, you know. No, not really here nor there answer. Ask them, you know, hey, you founded this thing. What's your exit strategy? Um, see what they say. I had I had I had one person who was completely honest with me in an interview recently and said, Oh, my exit strategy is to sell this to Google in three years. I was like, you know what? I appreciate that level of honesty. Um, because if they're gonna say, Oh, this is my passion, this is my dream, let me tell you that if they mentioned what level of seed or series A, B round funding and what venture capital firms are investing them in the job description. They don't actually give a shit about the product they're creating. They're trying to sell it. They're trying to sell it to you. And if they're trying to sell it to you, they're selling you the job too. So big, big red flag, big red flag. Um, yeah. So we focused on that. There, there, there were a lot of hot takes this year though. I think mm -hmm. the DevRel community in general had a lot to think about and a lot of change and, and kind of chaos to, to feed that. Yeah. And I agree. I think there's, a lot that we've seen that the DevRel community as a whole has changed as well. And it's fueled some of those hot takes, right? The, the tech industry has changed. And so there's a lot of conversations of, you know, who is technically involved in DevRel still? What is, what is required from a DevRel person? What is, you know, can you be in DevRel if you're doing X, Y, and Z? Like all of these different things. Is developer marketing DevRel? Is developer marketing DevRel? You know, I've seen people switch into product marketing and then back to DevRel. I've seen people go into different tech industries and, you know, it at a glance doesn't look like what they're doing is quote unquote traditional DevRel, but like what, what is traditional DevRel? Yeah. We've what does that even mean? <laughs> exactly. So I've seen, and it's, it's been hard because I've seen a lot of controversy pop up with like, well, what technically does this mean? Well, do you fit the the mold of a DevRel professional? Yes or no. Who's allowed in which groups? Who's permitted to be in these conversations? Who's, you know, and it's, as I've seen that gatekeeping pop up, we've simultaneously watched, you know, Twitter largely go away. And, and even for those of us who have still been on the platform, like, the level of engagement that I get when I ask a question on Twitter these days is non-existent. Like I'll post the same question on LinkedIn, which years ago I would have thought I was ridiculous for doing. And I get far more quality conversations, far more reactions, far more responsiveness on LinkedIn than I do on Twitter for the last year, probably. Right. And then we've got, you know, various other places that are popping up that some people are on and some people aren't. And so where do you actually go to have those conversations that we're used to? And from my side, that's caused 
a lot of change because that led to my shutting down Deborah Weekly. Like I, all of my ways of getting that information automatically to, you know, run that in a processed way and make it more efficient and effective and, and able to be sorting through that level of, you know, a couple thousand links a week with help, uh, went away seemingly overnight. And so there's a lot of that that is just kind of, I think the the landscape of how we keep in touch, how we associate with each other. And then as a result, how we're interacting with each other and engaging with each other has changed a lot. And it's been weird to see those kind of silos pop up within DevRel to say, oh, well, I'm you know, I'm a DevRel who's focused on APIs. Well, I'm a DevRel individual who's focused on DevOps. Oh, well, I'm, you know, in DevRel, but happen to be in AI or machine learning or Web3 or whatever those things are. And to see people really segmenting themselves and then also gatekeeping as far as like, oh, well, you, you do DevRel, but you're doing DevRel in DevOps, not the you know open source api space we aren't doing the same thing which is sad <clears throat> it's it's sad but i mean it's not entirely surprising it's there's been sure. a lot of specialization over the past few years to the point where i mean it kind of goes back when i first started doing devrel which it wasn't called that but uh right. you know back in my day like you had people who were like specific to specific programming languages Mm-hmm. And you had people like, you know, I would never go to a PHP conference and, and Davey Shafik, my very good friend and, and coworker would never go to a Ruby conference. Cause why would we do that? That's not our audience. Right. Um, and I think the, the super generalized DevRel practitioner is a very small group. It's mm-hmm. a very small group of people who have the experience and the technical skills to talk about whatever. Um, so it's, it's, I think there, there is that siloification but the negative side is like, oh, you do X kind of DevRel and I do Y kind of DevRel. Never the twain shall meet. Right. Um, I and don't I think, think that's, that's good. Agreed. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I saw this year. And I think we talked about it maybe in the, I don't remember which episode. We might have mentioned it. But talking through the like, oh, well, this is a brand new area for DevRel to be present in. Therefore, none of the things that we've established in the past apply. And it's like, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, we're going back to the days of community is brand new. No one's ever done it this way because yeah. no one's ever No one's done ever it talked before. to these developers before. It's like, where do you oh think they freaking came from? <laughs> it, it's it's so, like, they, they, they honestly act like, like, we have a new yeah. community and therefore I'm opening up a brand new batch of developers fresh out of the oven, taking the plastic off. Watch my unboxing video on Web3. And therefore, and therefore my approach needs to be totally different. And so for me, like the, the siloing of, you know, hey, I specialize in these areas always makes sense, right? We're always going to have that. But the, because I'm specializing in this area, all of this information no longer applies and I can't rely on the advice that someone else who specializes in another area is giving me because they clearly don't know anything about what I'm talking about. It's that change from 
we we rely on each other. We learn from each other. We are desperate for the information that other people have tried out, regardless if it's related to PHP or Ruby or DevOps or whatever, right? Into this like, no, 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 I only take advice from my specific type of DevRel professional who is doing exactly what I'm doing. And it's just from someone who's, you know, well, all of us have been in this community for a long time, but it's it's sad to see that type of siloed, like, no, 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 I don't, I don't listen to you because what you're doing doesn't apply to me. One thing I just wanted to stress about what you're saying is that DevRel is 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 two words mushed together. It's developer relations. And that relationship part is something that is probably the most steady of that and it's your relationships, it's the bonds that you make and it's the really talking to people from other people that is a crucial step of making DevRel successful. And so when people people abstract saying the technology is something different and then that means everything is different, they're forgetting that relationship part and that commune with the community to make sure that what we're doing is trying to facilitate the success of developers, find out what their needs are, find what their pain points are, and try to make it as least friction as possible to help them, you know, level up or to get onboarded into something that might be new to them, regardless if the technology is new or not. It's finding those people and then trying to really connect to them on a fundamental connection level rather than just understanding what technically makes sense. And that's really important in the DevRel part. Yes. Yes. Well said. Yeah. Great point. Um, I, I'm hoping, again, putting on my like positive lens, my, my rose colored, colored glasses, that again, a lot of this is is just sort of, it's been a year, but also this is a growing year for a lot of us for DevRel as a whole. And I think, you know, on this like most, like this topic we were all just talking about, I think that for a long time, there's been examples of success out there in DevRel, you know, just in terms of adoption and awareness and like sort of the high level thing, high level wins of DevRel and community building. And so other industries see that as an opportunity to also, you know, adopt those types of practices, uh, only to find out that there's lots of different ways to apply those practices and, and how people do it. And so we've seen all of the different colors or a lot of the different colors of DevRel, and also have to admit that there's always room for more, um, and that we're always trying that we're all always trying to learn. <clears throat> but I think to to you know Mary's point and, and also Wesley's, um, we do need to take the advice of things that you know the practitioners in DevRel and community building have been um, learning over the course of the, of the last decade or more, and uh, not just throw it all out because the technology or something is a little bit different. We we maybe have shown that. DevRel can be that hammer that can be used in lots of different ways as a tool to like solve for, for lots of things, but that doesn't mean it's the right thing. It doesn't mean it's the right tool. Maybe you're supposed to use a screwdriver uh, instead of just smacking that thing. Um, but you know, that, that's sort of my take on it is that we've seen, you know, some good success out there and people have, you know, I think rightfully so tried to adopt some of the things that apply in their situation and left out a lot of the things that, that don't specifically about around relationship building, which is developer relations. So that is what DevRel is. And with that soapbox, I think maybe we'll pivot to uh, checkouts, our final checkouts of the year. Who uh, who wants to go first? 
Wesley? Yes. Um, let's just say this year has felt uh, in many different ways, like the year of Elon, uh, both positive and negative. And um, it's, he's been in the news cycle a lot and it's kind of like a, a kind of a part where I was a big Elon fan in the beginning. And then I then just like, didn't like him because of his attitude and how he approached things, but it's hard to really like discount some strides that Tesla's made. And also with SpaceX, um, one of the things that Tesla has just released um, to mixed reviews is the Cybertruck. Um, and the Cybertruck, in my opinion, is ugly as hell. Uh, and Second but day. there's but there's technology in it that just is still impressive. And one of it is that its new battery system. It, it's called the uh, the forty six eighty cells, or, or is what the battery is made of. And technically, from a technical standpoint, that's extremely impressive. So they're making these all in house. And they're using kind of a, a dry bonding instead of a wet bonding method to make the anodes and cathodes, which is revolutionary, but also is boosting efficiency by like 10%, which is amazing. But uh, Elon being Elon saying that they're selling, they're going to sell like 500,000, 200,000, I forget how many trucks that they're going to pace to to sell. And it's being restricted by this brand new battery because they have not been able to ramp it up. And so no matter, even if this, the technology is impressive, the overhype might actually kill because the expectations were set so, so much higher than they actually are. And so um, it being <laughs> Elon, I think his ego is the one that is actually tanking some people in terms of what they're thinking of. And so if you're not familiar with the 4680 cells from a technical standpoint, I would I would in induce you to actually look at like how it's being made and how it could change all uh, all like electrical vehicles going forward if this is something that actually happens. But also realize that how like it's so sad that's the the person that will benefit from this is someone I feel is morally bankrupt. Um, so that's that's my pick. Um, so the the actual title that I'm recommending is Tesla is having issues producing the 4680 cells for the Cybertruck sketchy report says and so this is an electric so please read it i appreciate the honesty yeah yeah it's a good take um my checkout isn't one well it is one specific thing but it includes a lot um so i've been reading a lot more this year and trying to be more intentional about reading um it's something that i used to do a lot and it was something that I wasn't able to focus on as much for a while for a variety of reasons. Um, so I had set a goal to read 50 books this year and that includes audiobooks, it includes ebooks, it includes physical books, whatever. Uh, and I met that goal, which is kind of blown me away, which is fantastic. Um, one of the things that I realized very early on in the year though, is that if I'm wanting to read that many books and not consistently going to my library because of how often I travel, it gets very expensive very fast. <laughs> so uh, I found the Kindle Unlimited subscription, which is like $11.99 a month or something like that. Um, and it's basically a, a library um, that you can borrow up to like nine books at a time or seven books at a time or something. Um, and the nice thing that I discovered partway in is that if the book has an audio version and you have an Audible account, you also get the the audiobook. 
Um, and it'll do the whole like whisper sync technology to link where you are between the two and everything else. Um, but that's been awesome because there's a lot of really great books that are on there as well. And so it's kept me, kept me reading a lot of things um, and exploring a lot of different topics in a way that isn't, I'm purchasing a new book every time, which is going to be like 20 bucks a book instead of 12 bucks a month. So highly encourage that if you're a big reader and, and want to get into more ebooks, audiobooks, a variety of things. Is it down to me? Did everybody else go? I, I think it's you, and then I'll, I'll go last and take us out. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I said I wasn't going to have any checkouts, and then I changed my mind at the last second because everybody's talking about books. And then he had three. I know. <laughs> well, I said I, I was just on vacation, and and I do, I do have some ideas to share uh, because I just had three books that I took with me. I've read two, and I have about halfway through the, the third one um, in, those, in that time I was gone. So the first one I read, it's been around, out for a while, but I just was now hearing about it called The Midnight Library. Um, really good. I won't, won't go into spoilers or anything. Um, the other one is called a court of thorns and roses. I think I'm getting that right. Uh, it's for the, uh, game of thrones, uh, fans, I would say type of fantasy. Um, and then also similar <clears throat> is one called the fourth wing. Both of those I think are part of a series. Well, I know they're part of a series. Um, and I'm like, like I said, maybe not even halfway through the fourth wing. Uh, it's about a, like a cut, an academy, military academy for dragon riders. And uh, yeah, sort of that Game of Thrones type of vibe as well. But, oh, I um, heard about this. It's part of a series. And I heard that this book is extremely, extremely great in terms of how it's written. And the whole series is great. So, so far, it's, it is. It's, uh, yeah, it's. That's it's how got, to get you great rating. Oh, what a trap. What a so trap. far, it's fairly PG, but I can see it maybe turning into a, a little bit. Uh, yeah, not less, not so much PG story soon but uh maybe not for kids i would say but it's it, it is PG a good 13 PG yeah 13. yeah i don't know i'm not a parent so i don't know where y'all are i'm i'm deciding those, those these, these days but they're they are all three very good books i highly recommend them especially if you just want to sit and chill and check out and not think about tech or devrel right on awesome jason um so for my checkouts i they're odd checkouts i feel like they're a little bit weirder than usual uh, the first one is Baldur's Gate 3. I don't know if I mentioned this in a previous episode, but if you're not playing this video game, this is like the ultimate video game. It won at the Game Awards. It won Game of the Year. It deserved it. The guy who took the award, the creator from Larian, actually um, actually wore a suit of armor to collect the award. He sat there for the entire Game Awards, which is about two hours long, in this suit of armor and then went up on stage and accepted in the suit of armor. And I was like... That's epic. Like that's that's pure game. But the game itself, amazing storylines, amazing gameplay, amazing visuals. It's just the whole package. Um, you can get it on Steam or PC, Xbox, PS5, whatever platform you're on. Uh, the other thing I have is a piece of advice: go see live music. Uh, live musicians don't get paid a lot of money unless you go and pay to see them. They don't make money off of dropping records, and they don't make money. The only other way they make money is merch and live events. So go see live music. It doesn't have to be a two hundred million dollar ticket to go see Taylor Swift. Believe it or not, there's other artists in the world, and you should celebrate local musicians, national musicians, and internationally famous musicians all at the same time. Um, I got to see some great concerts this year. Uh, some of my favorites. I saw the National. I saw the Menzingers, and every every time it was a, a special and awesome, intimate experience. So go and experience that. Support your musicians and and help them to make money because the, they're not really getting the cash any other way. Um, with that, 
Mary, Jason, Wesley. It's been a fantastic year. It's always a joy to be doing this podcast with you. Um, I'm going to close it out with a quote as I tend to. Uh, and it's, it's a little bit, you know, kind of trying to encompass all of the 11 episodes all at once. Uh, so from KRS one, I am the manifestation of study, not the manifestation of money. Therefore I advance through thought, not what's manufactured and bought. And with that, Thank you so much for the privilege of your time, and we'll see you in 2024. You've been listening to the Community Pulse. Find out more at communitypulse.io, on Twitter at community underscore pulse, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, check out our extra podcast, The After Pulse. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the